Ladies and gentlemen, the Adult Baby Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Adult Babies Podcast, episode 113. I am B. I'm Chick. And I'm Chris. And we got ourselves a very special guest, another uh, friend from Farmingdale, and he is a budding actor, the Velocipastor himself, Greg Cohen. Yeah. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. We've actually been trying to get you on for a while now, but, you know, it's been tough because you moved to California now, right? I'm in California. I'm in Los Angeles, but we're all kind of in the same boat here, wherever we are. Yes. We're all sitting at home doing nothing. So what better time than to spend some time with my boys from Farmingdale? Yes. Right. I think you were the first guest that Chick had uh, had requested as a guest, going back to the first few episodes. Yeah. So we're, this is almost two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago. Wow. You were, you were, your name was thrown around and, and for whatever reason it never happened. And finally it took a pandemic to get you on and that's <laughs> good things happen, I guess, right? Good. Well, you know what things. it was? Silver lining. There's a silver lining. I didn't even know you moved out of New York when you did. Mm. I was probably yeah. like six months before I realized you were out of New York. It's about that time. Yeah. It, I've been here a year and a half. Wow. So yeah. uh, let's get into that. What made you make the move? Is it for the acting or? Weather. So uh, I was at, I was acting in New York for like, um, I mean, for when I like first started, I was like working a day job uh, that I was making a lot of money at, but I wasn't loving. And I was like moonlighting as an actor. So I was like building my career, building my craft, um, taking classes every night, like running out to, uh, to rehearsals and whatever I could get my hands on. Um, I quit my job in the city in 2013 i admire uh, day i really do thanks man i appreciate it was that. a good job right if i i mean i don't remember exactly but yeah I mean, good job and you, yeah man i was i had like a, a cushy six-figure sales job like wow. being a top national sales executive in the billboard business and it was awesome man it was like like I, I, I'm really grateful for that job because I worked with a lot of great people. I, I learned a lot about business and acumen and things like that. Um, but it was also like motivation to kind of get out and do the things that I love to do. Uh, so it just made me hustle a little bit more. I wasn't like focused on relationships or anything like that. It was just like make money, pay rent and act. I was and I also wasn't like looking to ask my parents for money for like things that, uh, that I wanted to do, you know, like yeah. I didn't go to school for acting. I acted in college and stuff, but I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like quit my job and with, with my hands out, you know, yeah, yeah no, I don't looking, looking for a handout. So, um, so yeah, I, I quit my job and I, and I started working as an actor full time and like, I wasn't making any money to start. I was, I was getting paid on some gigs. I was doing like kids television shows and I started doing voiceover, but then I started picking up steam. Uh, and at the same time I had met my wife now, Corey, um, we were living in Brooklyn together and we were together for two years. We got engaged in California. Actually, we, we were in Napa and we got engaged and she was like, okay, now I want to move to California. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You guys did a He's wedding getting, by, um, didn't you get married in like the desert or? Yeah. So, so I was like, all right. Uh, you know, at that point in my career, I was like just starting to build up TV credits and just starting to pick up like steam in New York. And I was like, oh man, for a while, it took a while. I was like, I want to be a New York actor. Like this is, you know, Yeah. Uh, um, so, but I just got like, stuck in that. And then I started to come out to LA uh, visiting friends and then like taking classes and workshops out here. And I was like, you know what? We could do this. And like, who the fuck am I? Can I curse on this podcast? Yes, you can say whatever. Okay. Who, who the fuck am I to like uh, hold her back from, you know, things she wants to do. And I was like, just because like, and I can work out here as well. So uh, yeah. I set, I kind of, we committed to it. We like didn't re-sign our lease in Brooklyn. Uh, and we were like, all right, so we're going to move uh, at the end of September, um, 2018. Okay. Uh, we were getting, we were getting, we, we uh, planned a wedding uh, in Joshua Tree, California. That was going to say, desert. Like I remember that now. In, okay. in October of 2018. So we were like, let's move in September, move into a new apartment, and then get married and everyone come out for the wedding. 
Um, and we did it and we've been, we've been here since and we've been, we've been doing it and it's been great. I've been working out here and uh, the movie came out like right after uh, we moved. I love so, the Velocipaster, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I was lucky enough so to see that cool little theater when you came out to, to do one of the releases out in New York and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I love those cult classic type movies. So, I mean, it was right up my alley, but you yeah, were man. fantastic in it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Is there not, a way to stream that now? Is is it out? Like how did how, yeah. how could we see that? Yeah. So um, that was one of like the first feature films I did ever. Like I shot that while I was in New York. Uh, it was like shortly, maybe a little less than. No, it was a couple years after I quit my quit my job. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it took some time to you know make as movies do. Uh, it only it took. We shot it in like two to three weeks. Oh, that's uh, it. Okay. Yeah, but then like you know, uh, we did some festivals and then like got some attention from some distribution companies and then sold it to a distribution company and um, they uh, we released it last year in August um, and it's now streaming on Amazon uh, on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, uh, I site. Yeah, on a site called uh, Tubi, I believe, which is... Yes, Tubi is another streaming site that I I have that as well. Uh, it doesn't and, have um, as much stuff as like Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah, it's a new and up-and-coming streaming service. Tubi, Tubi, helps us, Tubi helps us a little bit more internationally because like we've screened in like 16, 17 countries right now. Um, wow. So, uh, and you can also buy the DVD or Blu-ray on Amazon as well. Awesome. Now, how is watching it do they dub it or do they put it in like uh subtitles when you're in there's sub internet? there's subtitles there's subtitles uh -oh. yeah cool. no. i would love to see you get dubbed over though that would just be fun that would be fun with a different voice yeah <laughs> that would be crazy when so you now just, oh, no, go you started acting in college or like was this a thing you did later in life so i did like i did um like I did one play in middle school at Howard. I, say, I thought you did a little bit yeah. in like high school or something, maybe. I did a I did one play in middle school because I was like chasing a girl that I wanted to <laughs> date. Isn't that how it starts and for everybody? It's how yeah. And then That's she was like, starts. "Come on, come audition for the musical." And I was like, "All right." Uh, I did it. I could sing. Uh, I got to the callbacks, but they. They gave it to Keith Corrigan, to someone else. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. Fellow Northsider, Brendan. Northsider. Yes. And then um, after that, I was like, screw this. I'm just going to stick to sports and played football and lacrosse all through high school. And then when I got to college, I played lacrosse in college. There were two guys on my lacrosse team. One of them was a musician. And he was like, I was like goofing around in the locker room and I could sing. And he was like, yo, you can sing. We got to play parties at college we got to play like we, we'll uh -oh. do like covers of like bon jovi and shit yeah. uh, so i sang i sang in bands uh, i sang in a band in college a couple parties That's i never knew you could sing Did yeah you, i can i can carry it lessons or no i just that? like i sung i sung in high school or i sang chorus in high school for a little bit and i sung okay. all throughout you know middle school and i just it was just something i could I could do and it was more about like not being afraid of like making an ass of yourself more than anything you've and never like, been like that though you've always oh, been yeah. like what was as, as long as I've known you I don't want to call you a clown yeah I, I would never call you a clown but you were always a uh a uh, you just were always very you know you were funny you, you had a I mean, personality you, always you had a very you good personality for as long as i've known you and i used to love your halloween costumes is one thing i remember oh, yeah more specifically was, the whole uh, not the whole the heisman was my favorite yeah, yeah heisman trophy yeah I, I was really big into halloween and that i think that was like i spent so much creative energy on halloween because like i had all of this stuff like built inside of me and i was like yeah. screaming to get out and, uh, you know, I, I would take it out playing sports and, and, you know, take any, like, teen angst and aggression out. What I really wanted to do was, like, get up on stage and sing and play and dance. And, like, um, I remember I was injured in lacrosse one year for, like, for, like, for, like, a good month. And I, it was, like, right when Star Wars was starting to come back out, like, like the... 
the prequels. The re- like, okay, re- yeah, the remakes. Like Revenge of the Sith and stuff like that. And I <laughs> choreographed like a really badass lightsaber scene with lacrosse sticks. Me and Sean Sweeney and Part Ref and Kroon were like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Yeah. But, uh, but um, nah, man. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So I could sing. Um, and in college, uh, I got attention from like singing at parties. And then one of the other guys on my team was like, you should come. I'm, I'm a, he was a theater major and he was directing plays. And he was like, you should come audition for this play. I got a part for you. And I auditioned and he put me in his play. And I was, I was not bad. You know, it was probably sucked if I look back at it now. But right. <laughs> the, the, the theater guys liked me and uh, they kind of welcomed me into that community. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I could do this too. I didn't know what I was. I was going to school for like business management. I was going to uh, say, you do what everybody does. You go for business and kind of figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't even think about being like a theater major. I was kind of a little too far along to do that. Uh, and I had no one in my life that was like, that like worked as an actor. I, I, I didn't even think of that as like a career. Well, I, I was going to say it. Like, with the group of friends, you know, my brother and them being included, they're not the ones to really uh, promote acting and to go pursue your dreams like that. No, you know, but no, like I had no idea. I mean, yeah, I had no one in my life, whether it was my family or, you know, there was like one cousin, one of my mom's cousins who like left when he was a kid and moved to California and like was a producer and they we always like talked about him and it was just like yeah. this distant person but like i've actually met up with him since he'd been out here he he worked on uh he produced a show cops um like the original oh, bad right. boys bad boys okay yeah. all right um and then he worked on that show remember that show dirty jobs with mike yes yeah yep. yep. he scene. was like he was one of the people that like started that show and worked on it for however many years uh, and now he lives in Culver City and, you know, produces and writes and like he's the closest person in my family that I know that is like living that, you know, that li- entertainment lifestyle. Yeah. It seems like it kept coming back to you like, uh, you know, all these situations. It's like this is what you were meant to do. And it Always. eventually eventually it finds you and, and, and you're able to. Was that the first time you ever performed in college, like a live performance? Um, I, so I did like, I, the play I did, the role I didn't get in middle school, right. uh, I was still in the play, but I was oh, like, friend, okay. f- I was like friend number three, you know, that, <laughs> had, that like sang in the chorus, you know, and, um, but uh, in college was the first time I was like, one of the leads on stage. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of terrifying. It was also like a little nerve-wracking to like have some of my lacrosse teammates come to the play and like well yeah you put yourself they out were, there. yeah You're throwing yourself out they, there man. like that's exactly they were all really supportive and and uh it was a lot of fun man and then uh I got out of college and I I didn't know what to do I was like all right I guess I get a, a job yeah. I worked at BK <laughs> I worked at BK so yo I worked at BK Sweeney's for a while BK and Sweeney. like um yeah right yeah, yeah I worked Yep, uh, I got hooked up with a job as a bar back there. We made a, a great money. Like I was gonna say, you have good bar. money in our industry. It just can't. You killed really it there. Yeah, you, you killed it there. But you know, it's, it can be a tough life. Like you're working late. Yeah. Like there were a couple holidays I had to work. Yeah, um, it's not not ideal, and, but it, it pays the bills. And for some reason, I like, uh, you know, my parents helped me go to college and like paid for me to go to college. And I felt like. I needed to get like that big boy city job. Yeah, um, I'm still trying to get so, that. <laughs> no, I mean it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, no, you know, I know. Uh, so I I did that and I I went out and got that job and I worked there for a year and then I was like trying to get something more creative and every time I like tried to inch my way out, uh, they offered me more opportunities. It was almost like the universe was saying either you're not ready or like how committed are you what are you yeah. willing to sacrifice because every there was a time like late like in the middle of like when i was really starting to come up at that job there, yeah. i was like i was like leaving work to go like on sales calls but they were like yeah. auditions and uh, <laughs> and like voice lessons i was at a voice lesson like uh doing like scales and like working on my voice and singing and stuff like yeah. that 
um, just for an hour, you know, like cut out for an hour. It's just like my lunch hour. Um, but like my boss called and I was like, <laughs> he knows where I am. And, uh, he called to let me know, like I, I had won an account that I was like, uh, I was like in the running for, and it was like a huge national account and it just like tripled my income. And I was like, Holy. And I, instead of being like, yes, I was like panicking, like, Oh my God, all this responsibility. I'm never going to be able to get out of this job. You know? Yeah. Um, it stuck you back in. And it's also like money or passion. Yeah. And yeah, your passion could lead to, to more money eventually, but there's something to be said about being happy with what you're doing. And if you find yeah. yourself trying to get into that entertainment industry or just do something that you enjoy, it's tough to leave a good job to do it though. Yeah, can yeah. you imagine having a job that pays well, but then you also have a talent that also could pay well. And you're like, yeah. what? Like you, we can't even get one of those. And you, and you got <laughs> like, ah, let me see which direction I'll go. It's yeah. unbelievable. Good for you. Well, the, the, the acting thing is like, it's, it's up and down, man. There are yeah. times where you could be flourishing and then there are times where you could be broke. It's a matter. And I'm, and I'm, again, I always say that I'm grateful for that job that I had because it like, it gave me a lot of money to like cash my chips in with. Uh, and I still have a lot of that money saved up. Uh, it's just that like, you know, you've got to find a way you can be acting until you're 80. You know, yeah. you have to find a way to sustain and to like just stay in it because the people who make it and the people who are passionate about it, you can be as passionate about it as you want and love it as much as you want. But like, if you can't stay, you got to pay bills and you got to live a lot. You got to live yeah, a life yeah. that is like healthy and yeah, like you can't be broke. That is not good for your, for your, your well-being, um, like your mental state, yeah, your, for everything, yeah. man. Greg, the day after you quit your job and you're like, mm -hmm. I'm going all the way. Was that, did you have a moment of like, holy shit, I just, I, I, I made a mistake. Or was it like head down, I'm going for this, leaving it all behind? Um, it, it took, yo, it took a little time, man. I wish I could say that like, I was just like gung ho right away. Um, but it took a little time to transition out of that like comfort. Cause I was in like a very, kind of a comfortable job at a very young age i wasn't yeah. 30 i wasn't like i had like maybe just started to turn 30 maybe late 20s and like just turned 30 um but i i was like oh yeah i just turned 30 right now yeah. i forget did you say you met your your wife before you left your job or after uh before i left my but job she help we were, like, you with dating. that like um she was she was super supportive and like you know we, we met we met in yeah i was in like a two-year acting program in the city okay. that i was going to after work and on the weekends and we met there uh so she was also pursuing acting at the same time um she still acts but more in like independent projects that we produce and create on our own yeah um she's not like doing the audition thing which can be a slog um that's gotta but, uh, be yeah, it is. And so, and like, it, that, that's what it was for me. It was kind of a transition out of that, like, cushy day job lifestyle into like, oh, shit, like money's not coming in every two weeks. Uh, I'm not getting big commission checks. I need to figure out, I need to get a part time gig. And I need to like, have some structure in my life. Because when you're working from home, whether you're like working part time or freelancing for a company, it's really easy to like, not do shit. And like, yeah. the day goes by and like, you know, you, you got to have some structure. Is that where the CrossFit stuff came right in? Didn't, didn't you start doing CrossFit? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, I started, I, I left my job um, and I got approached by a company uh, through friend of a friend, uh, a company in the film, uh, in, in the crowdfunding business for films. Right. Okay. So it was like, it was like, uh, if you're familiar with like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, yeah. Uh, there's a company called Seed and Spark, and they are just for independent films, and they are a crowdfunding and distribution fight, uh, distribution site. They help independent filmmakers uh, raise financing for their movies, build an audience, and then show it to that audience and get it distributed to a wide audience. That's so awesome. I, 
I, uh, they needed someone to help with like marketing and advertising and paid partnerships and stuff like that with like film festivals. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I think I can do, I can do that. Yeah. Let me do that. I'll help you. Um, I wasn't getting paid much, but it was a startup company. They, they were paying me some, uh, yeah. and, and like they were based in Brooklyn. Uh, but the day I started, they were like, uh, we're moving to Los Angeles. Um, do you want to just like be, yeah. I was like, fuck. They were like, do you just want to be our New York office uh, until you're ready to move out to Los Angeles? I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, at the time, I was like, I have no, no plans to move out to California. But like, I'll be, I'll be your New York, New York hub. Uh, and so I did that. And so that's where the CrossFit thing came in. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't want to spend all my money on like a gym membership. Uh, so I started going to a uh, CrossFit gym that it was like a couple hundred a month, right? And I was like, fuck, this is kind of expensive, but I really like it. And then a front desk job opened up that was uh, like, I, so because this company I was working for was on the West Coast, they weren't at the office until noon, our time in on oh, the East Coast. Oh, you had something to do during the morning. So, so I was like, cool, I can go to this gym, open the gym, I ride my bicycle there, open the gym two days a week uh, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., work out at 10, and then be like ready to work on their time until when they're, where they're ready. And I got a free gym membership out of it. So See that? Well, man, man, that's the business part of you. To yeah. make it turn it into they pay you to work out now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then so then uh I was there for a couple of years and like they really liked me and uh they 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 have an incredible community built there at CrossFit South Brooklyn. Uh and uh they had asked if uh they were hosting a level one uh certification course, which is you know expensive. Uh, and they were offering to like, if anyone was interested, uh, if they wanted to get their certifications and I was like, yeah, I'll get that. So I got that certification. They hooked me up and I've been coaching CrossFit ever since. It's like a part-time job. It's fucking and that's perfect for you. And I feel like that also helps you with your discipline, just keeping busy every day. Oh yeah. It gives me structure, man. I coached like right now we're in a pandemic, but I, I'm at a gym here in Los Angeles at, at a really great gym that uh, has still been doing the Zoom classes. So I've been coaching Zoom classes a couple times a week. I coached three this morning uh, and I had a personal training client that's actually on the East Coast. Um, wow. That, you know, I'm just able to do from home, keep it busy. You're still freelancing doing, you know, outside I the am. act. Damn, you're like a, you're like a, uh, you're like, uh, you really are. You're like a Renaissance man. You're doing the you know, everything. You gotta, you uh, like, I've embraced that. Yeah, of course I'd love to be like, acting full-time and be like, like yeah i'll do a movie here and a movie there like, <laughs> i know i know you know i know where i'm at uh and like i know uh that i you have to find a way to sustain and like you have to work and you know create time to create your art and uh time is money so you just got to make money to create yeah, time um but like i've been doing i've been doing really well in voiceover as well so that's been paying really well how is voiceover work is that fun yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask, I saw you did a voiceover for Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was that like, man? Like, what's mm -hmm. it like doing voiceover for a video game? Uh, so that was rad. Um, so I started doing voiceover because one of the first gigs I ever did was a children's television show on Nick that. Jr. called Team Umizumi. Anyone who's <laughs> yeah. got, like, any, anyone who's my age that has kids now or our age that has kids now, I can't tell you how many times I get like texts of screenshots of me on TV. Yes. Zoom. It's like, oh, it's like a kids TV show for like three to five year olds where I was like working in front of a green screen, talking like little green golf balls, like they're animated <laughs> characters. Um, and I did two episodes of that and uh, you know, I was live in person. So I'm like me interacting with the animation and the, one of the directors was like, you got a good voice, man. You should get into voiceover. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Um, what is that? And they were like, here's, <laughs> here's, someone who, here's someone who teaches voiceover classes in New York. Uh, and I went and took that person's class. His name is Roger Becker. Uh, we met like once a week for six weeks. Um, and we just like got in the booth and did reps on commercial copy. And uh, uh, I mean, right. like Dunkin' Donuts, you know, radio commercials and TV You'd be the guy in the back reading the ad as they're showing. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And uh, he, the last class, he emailed me and was like, hey, uh, there's uh, 
a commercial I'm casting that you'd be good for. You want to come in and read for it? And I was like, yeah, I did. Uh, and I booked it. It was a, a Hot Wheels commercial. And like, yeah. apparently I just was, I just like let it rip, you know? And like, yeah. made, I was like, how would, how would like a five-year-old kid want, want like an adult cool guy voice to sound? And it was just like, yeah, Hot Wheels all the way. Get your parents permission before you go online. Yeah. You know? That's and, uh, Nailed it. Yeah. So they, they, so like I, I, I did a couple of those commercials. Uh, I got an agent because of that. Um, so then they started sending me out on voiceover stuff. Um, and then oh. I, I started to like pick up some steam and I was like, you know, I was like, maybe I should like get a better agent. Um, yeah. <laughs> the guy that I was work, the guy, the, <laughs> yeah, I had to fire what an agent my first year. Time. All right. No. Yo, so like, well, there was just a few th miscommunications and I was like, I, I need someone that has a little bit more clout. This guy was kind of like just starting out. I wanted to, I was just doing non-union gigs, meaning like gigs outside of SAG. By the way, um, hey. I'm sorry. Did you uh -oh. use that word when you fired him? Did you say, I just need somebody with a little more clout? Because that's going <laughs> to get fired from again. Yeah, he loved that. He loved that. He, he was said, like, I don't have enough clout. I don't even know what clout means. All right. Yeah. So, Exactly. Back. I'm sorry. He's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you, got, hey, you don't, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for. So you know, if you need right. something, you need it. Yeah, man. And uh, so I did. I, I, um, I found a new agent, uh, a company called Stuart Talent in New York. Uh, I signed with their voiceover department, and I wasn't union at the time. And trust me, this is all leading up to my Red Dead Redemption stuff. Um, <laughs> I was. You know, I was doing non-union gigs, and there are way more non-union gigs out there uh, than there are union gigs, right? Do they hang up There's... rats at non-union film gigs? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, they, I'm just not like that. It's I not wasn't, like that. I wasn't sure. <laughs> but, but it's the same thing. Like, if you're a union actor, if you're a, un a SAG actor doing non-union gigs, you're, you're a scab. And yeah. like they, 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 like, encourage you to... to you know, for lack of a better term, rat people out who were doing that. And you really shouldn't. So, so like I was doing the non-union gigs. I wasn't a SAG actor. Um, but I, uh, and like with voiceover, man, it's so easy to audition because like, if you have a mic and a setup at home, you could really just like do it underneath a, a comforter or something, as long as it yeah. sounds good or in your car or wherever it sounds good. Yeah, and just send it in. Nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, this man. And, and just send it in over email, and uh, you know that's your audition. Um, but uh, where was I going? Oh, Red, Dead uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, getting back to that. Um, yeah, it was just I was auditioning like a hundred times a day to the point where I like. For, there was a year where I didn't book like any voiceover gigs. I'm auditioning so many, uh, not a hundred times a day, like a hundred times before you book a gig. Uh, and I, um, I had like two union waivers where I did jobs that are like, they'll hire a non-union actor for a union okay. job. And then you, they tell you not to join the union until they make you join the union until like you're doing a union job where, uh, you have to pay your union dues in order to okay on this job, uh, and that was the Red Dead gig um, that like I just kept taking swings, and that was a uh, they had me That's do a, big a monologue. Game too. Yeah, it was a huge game. Uh, it was like I signed a ton of NDAs. Um, they uh, had me do a monologue in my regular accent, which is like a little New York. I mean, when I'm out here, everyone thinks I'm like I was gonna say, I sound they like make you. you I sound like you. Yeah, no, do they I make mean, you lose my, it? Do you have to like go full Western on that? I so so I did my regular accent, which comes out as New York, and then they were like, do something like Southern or Western. And my wife is from South Carolina, and like I can I can slip in and out of accents pretty easily. <laughs> uh, so so I, I did that, and I they booked me on it, um, and they booked a ton of actors on that because there's so many voiceovers in interact. Yeah. yeah, but it was so fucking fun. Um, their office was really cool. I didn't even know really what it was because it was like code named. Uh, and then when I oh, got there, I was like, "Oh okay. shit! This is this is fucking Red Dead. This is the next this is one." Red Dead. 
Yeah. And I like, so- I'm about to like start taking photos and they're like, okay, you're going to have to leave your phone here. You're going to have to like sign eight pages of NDAs. Don't take any pictures. Don't tell anyone you're here. I was like, holy shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then they put me in the booth. Uh, they put like a headset on me to, to read my face, my, and my facial expressions. And then I, I, I wouldn't say I was like unprepared, but I was like, like my voice was warmed up, but I didn't know what I was going to be reading. And they were like, okay, so here's the character you are. You are a sheriff in one of these side towns that uh, is a little crooked and tries to get, uh, he, while he does like things that are crooked, he uh, is really just trying to get the respect that no one is giving him. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. All right. So it went from little things to like saying like little, little like side conversations where like we can, we can be like in here doing things shy. <laughs> to the point where like, okay, so they, you, they were like, you'd be doing that. And they're like, okay, now you're behind a stagecoach in the middle of a, a gunfight and you need to like yell to them, you better reload, motherfucker! It's like going from like zero to 90 like Dude, that. Like, and like so much character development in that. That's awesome. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. And like, I've been doing voiceover. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm a veteran, but I've been doing enough of it to know that like, if you're not sweating and panting in the booth for, especially for like the character stuff and the video games and like, you're not putting in uh, your full animation, animation, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. It's like, you know, I got a booth in my house here. I got a closet that I ripped out and like, you know, put sound foam and set it up to a proper booth. And I know when I'm onto something and when I'm like, I got to step out of here, I'm, I'm sweating my balls off, wow. you know? <laughs> yeah. How good does it feel to get booked though? I would imagine that's gotta be one of a, it's like a very good feeling. Cause you, you like you said, you, you interview or, you know, try out for so much shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like the voiceover auditions. It's like every 100 I do, I get booked on something. <laughs> yeah. Um, the luckily I've, I had a, uh, right bef- before I left New York, the year leading up to me leaving, I, I booked, um, a radio spot where I was the announcer and legal reader for AT&T radio. So like all of, all of their radio commercials, I was the guy that was like, uh, your home is only as smart as your internet. And like <laughs> coming to an, come to an AT&T store and like, you know, saying the announcer, like the tagline and then reading like 10 seconds of fast legal copy. So I got like really good at reading speed legal. Um, is that so like the thing read. at the end of a commercial? It's like, hey, well, da, 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 da. yeah, 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 exactly, I, exactly. I just hit the fast forward button just to. See. No, I mean, rarely. Some they they don't they don't do that all the time. It's like huh. if you can do you know this much legal copy in thirteen seconds in one breath, then like yeah, you're, and that's that's what I go in there doing. I'm like, I want to keep oh. this job, and I've been like, I've been doing that now for almost two and a half years. Do you just like drive around in your car and practice by just trying to speak really fast in like 13 seconds? How do you yeah, approach yeah. that job? Yo, I mean, all the, all the voice training I did when I was leaving my job to yeah. go on sales calls and taking <laughs> right. voice lessons oh, okay. and doing, yo, I mean, every time I did an acting class, we would spend the first 30 minutes warming up our mouths and our voices doing fucking tongue twisters. And like, I loved being good at tongue twisters. You know, and like that's actually I see that's funny that they make you do that. That gives you like a skill that you wouldn't even think to get. That's essentially what it is, is like I'm getting paid to do tongue twisters. (laughs) I'll do that I'll I'll do that. I'll do that all day because like that if I didn't have those gigs, I wouldn't have been able to move out to California. I wouldn't have been able to get married in Joshua Tree. I've been like I live in a home that is fucking nice and like in a nice neighborhood and like we love it here. And it's been it's been pretty awesome. That's I was gonna so say, cool. I mean, outside looking in, you do seem to have a very um, fulfilled life, I should say. Um, yeah, you and know, like you know, very we're always what you're doing. Yeah, dude, and like, look, it. Yes, and it's not easy. Bookings, but it, it looks fun. The bookings and and like being in the Velocipaster and being on TV and like things like that. All those things are fucking awesome, uh, and they help. Uh, and it's cool. And like to answer your question from earlier, it feels amazing to get like the call that are like out of the 2000 people that submitted for this, you are the guy. Yeah. It's like, if we're like, even if it's just like one line on a TV yeah. show, yeah. it feels it fucking amazing. But man, to be honest, like, I mean, any actor can 
can relate to this. The work comes from like when you're not getting those calls and you're like still happy. Like, what are you doing to like still be happy? Because if you're just relying on that one phone call every however many weeks or months or years, then like you're it's that's not the way to find happiness. You need to like you know, be mindful. You need to keep working on your craft. You need to get satisfaction from just like going to acting class every Thursday night and like working on some scenes and still finding fun in that. Because if you can't well, yeah. find fun in that, then you're like, you know, you do all the cooking business. stuff. You're doing. Oh yeah, stuff. man. That's what I'm saying. You got a lot of other things going on besides you're just acting. You're doing the right thing now, Greg. I have I I gathered a, a few questions, adult <laughs> baby style questions. Talk to me. Can I can I can I shoot shoot those off to you? Yeah, baby. Um, now it's it's sort of like you know inside the actor's studio, but it's yes, it's sort of inside the baby's crib. All right, that's how we're. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. I love it. You can answer these any way you want. Um, All right, they're mostly scenarios. All okay. right, so here's the first scenario. You get a series on whatever network or streaming uh, service that you you want. It runs ten years, solid ten years. It's a huge success. Okay. But it doesn't artistically satisfy you, okay? Mm. You're doing well. You're 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 set up for ten years. Figure you know like when Friends was great, but you don't love it, right? Or yeah. or you get a role in a feature film, and you win an Oscar. It's something you believe in, but you never work again after this for whatever oh reason. <laughs> but you win an Oscar, and and it's that one, and it's a one movie. Which one? Do Which do I choose? Yeah, that's oh a tough God. question. That's a tough I know. question. I'm not, I'm not throwing softballs at you here. That's tough. That's a hard question. Ten years on a show you don't like, but the money's good, constant work, or one movie, an Oscar. And I'm but fulfilled? And it's you love it it's it's what you want it's it's i have i it have to be the one man it have to be like the one like who wants to do 10 years of something they don't like right well that's like, like would you rather be known for mad about you or saving private ryan who's mad is mad about you paul reiser paul is that reiser. Yeah, paul yeah, reiser yeah. And they had a very good well, career after that as well. But, but my they point did. is, it was they a really did. Show, but they didn't do much after that. It was just but, like a Reiser and Helen Hunt had very well. They, they're still they, doing they, very they well. They had good careers, but you get what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, right. man. I think <laughs> I'd go. I think I'd go for the. I think I'd go with the one. With the one. All right. I. I. I I'll find other ways to make. Like, if you're on ten, if you're on a show for ten years, right. I mean, granted, that would be fucking amazing, and like, probably make a lot of money. But that goes back to the comfort thing. Yeah, you can eventually make money just becomes an anything. office job that you hate. Well, it's yeah, it, be like, it could. It like, could. Yeah. If, uh, I don't know if you guys follow like The Walking Dead or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I. I, I gave up on that show, but I know that uh, it came back. I gave up on it. Had two rough years, and it's finishing off stronger than it. Than okay. it. Well, I, so I gave so, up on it. So I haven't seen it recently, but I know that the main guy, like Rick, just quit the show. Yeah, is that why so, they did that? He just quit. Well, so he was like, I don't want to do it anymore, and so they killed him off. But they're kind of also like they killed him off half-ass, where he's still going to come back a little bit. Well, they didn't get, they didn't kill him. They just sent him away, basically. Right. right. So, but I, I am not seen the show. Sorry. <laughs> after you've been doing The Walking Dead for ten years, you must be like, dude, I'm tired of this. Yeah, it's kind of happy. I just want it, it, to be yeah. This like it depends. It, it's got. It's kind of depends on the show, man. It's like, yeah. for example, like I, I have. Uh, <sighs> my wife got me into will and grace and like yo will and grace is, is a very well written show never watched it is it is it is like multicam sitcom masterclass it is so funny and like it's they did you know their first eight seasons i was right? going like to and then came it. and then came back and did them when they like are 10 years older and in like their late 40s and 50s and God, it is so fucking good. And they just look like the the actors 
just look like they're having a fucking blast. Like when you see I agree actors, with you on that. when you see actors playing on stage, they're essentially playing on stage in front of a live audience. And you can see, you can see it on like Saturday Night Live and, and live shows when they are trying so hard not to laugh. Oh yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. when I'm like, dude, the best, like the, that's the best stuff to watch. That if you do that for 10 years, like, that's a fucking blow. Hey, do that that's not what you get with this show. This show stinks. You don't <laughs> this like show it. Sucks. <laughs> this show right. sucks. Mediocrity at its finest. All, All right. right. All right. Uh, question number two. Uh, uh, th again, this is a li little magical stuff, all right? You have the ability it. to land any acting part from the last 10 years. So, basically, in the last 10 years, a movie, uh, a TV show, you're able to just replace the actor, and you have that role. From the last, from ten, from the past ten years, would you rather have that, or would you rather have the ability to fast forward ten years into the future and you get to pick any movie or television show that you want? Now you could pick something that could flop in the next in the future. You understand yeah, the yeah. question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I anything you want, or ten years into the future? Oof. I would be Jon no. Snow. These are <laughs> Nobody asked you. I'm just These are saying. hard. These are hard. They're hard. These are hard. Yeah. I come with the hot questions. Yeah, these are good. I don't know, man. I I a lot of the a lot of the shows I like are like fuck, dude. What if you could like be on the wire? Or like what if you could you know, you know, what if you could be on like what if you could be like Don Draper? Like that would be <laughs> like, those are the types of things that I'm like, Don Draper. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I missed, I missed it. You know, like, yeah. but the thing is you could be like, there's this script that I hear is coming out in two years and I get the lead for it. Yeah. And that's what, and yo, and that's what, the that's what we do. That that's is. what we do exactly. out here in, in LA, you know, it's like, there's pilot seasons, like a real thing. And like, you get your hands on scripts and like, sometimes you're like, yo, this is going to be the next thing. Or like, and sometimes it doesn't get, it could, it like, it might, it doesn't even get picked up. You know, it's like. That, this is where this question to me is difficult because if maybe there is something in pilot season that you absolutely love, but uh -huh. then for whatever reason, it runs a season and it flops. And yeah. then you're looking back, you're like, I could have been madman i could have been john ham i know i know oh, I what know. do you choose greg oh i love your face what do you choose greg i know i know i think i think i gotta choose something from the past man i think i gotta I choose something from you. the past like i would love to be fucking uh in like uh in like uh, what was it matthew weiner who did uh sopranos and madman yeah. like i would love to be yeah. in something like that or like uh i don't know uh like something David Fincher does, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Are you a Quentin Tarantino fan by any chance? Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I feel like people either love him or hate him. I'm a, I'm a big no, fan. No, no, no. I love him. All right, I like that answer. See, I think the thing with that answer, you have to go to the past because you know it's yeah. successful. You know it turned out well, and also you're probably getting other opportunities from that. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know. <laughs> you don't. All right. Oh no. Wait, B, question number question three, Greg. Quick? Are you ready with question Wait, number three? Chris wants to ask oh, a question real quick. Question real quick. I, gotta, I have a good question. So would you rather get a role, like, like a Star Wars caliber role, where the rest of your career is... You Typecasted. Were, you were blank in Star Wars. Yeah. Or would you rather be a working actor for your whole career but you're always like, oh, that's that guy from that thing. You know, like. I, I'm pretty confident that I'd like to be, that's that guy from that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't know that I'm like in the character actor category. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not there in my career yet, but like I see those character actors on TV and I'm like, I want that guy's career. I want that dude that like, that works on, that's that he, you can, you can turn on the TV right now. He's in like, probably two different TV shows. Nobody yeah. knows his fucking name. That's it. But he's, he's good in everything. He's always yeah, great. You're always like, that guy. I don't know what his name is, but yeah. he's it's fantastic like Robert in everything Murray. he does. Yeah. He's like, like, like nobody. Choice on 
five championship teams. And like eventually, eventually, <laughs> did you just say Robert Ory? Is that what you said? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and like, baby. Yeah, and if and if like, and like out of that, you can get bigger roles because ultimately, it's like people can see what you can do with a small part. And like, yeah. Yeah. I hate saying small part, but like a small amount of text or, right. you know, you can, and also it's like that guy works and like knows how to show up to set and not be a fucking asshole. You know, that, there's a lot to be said. If you're working, that means people like you. Like nobody really knew who Ben Mendelsohn was. Right. Um, right. And he like kind of, I think one of the first things I noticed him in was, um, was he in one of, maybe he, was he in one of the Batman movies? I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I can't put a face to that name. Ben Mendelsohn is in uh is in was just in the new HBO uh show The Outsider. Um, oh, okay. I know who you're talking and about. He's, he was in uh The Place Behind the Pines with uh with Ryan Gosling. Place Beyond the Pines was a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, and uh and he's in Bloodline. He's like the brother that uh is like oh all right yeah. i know exactly okay. who you're talking yeah. about okay uh you pretty, know what i'm pretty was... sure he was in dark knight rises and like has a really small part and it's like who is that guy Those but he's like parts, they you know you put them all together and they they make great careers like steve yeah. shemmy was like he was a character actor for years mm-hmm. you know, he was well known but like shemmy's ever gotten a major lead actor role yeah <laughs> I, 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 he's he's bigger but I, I remember his growing up on TBS is fantastic though. Yeah. Which one? His show Miracle Workers on TBS is right, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about years ago. He's huge. You know, yeah. All those movies he had play these small parts and he was great, always great, always memorable. And now he's finally, you know, he's Steve Buscemi now. He's finally Yeah, he, he's it. iconic. Yeah. He's iconic. All right. We ready for question three? I'm yeah. ready for question three. Okay. Just so you know, we got about ten ten minutes left, roughly. Yep, you're good, you're good. Whatever. However many que- you're good. I'm pushing through here. All right. The Adult Babies podcast takes off, okay, in some strange universe. <laughs> I know it will. That's why I'm here. Thank you. Chick writes a movie script. Yeah. I've been I wanting really to do so. this forever, Greg, well, and I never script. get around to do it. So Chick writes a movie script, and uh, somehow it gets sold. <laughs> Greg, you read the script. You absolutely hate it. You don't love it, okay? You don't like the script. Uh, you think it's awful, but Chick gives you a call and he says it would be an honor <coughs> if you would play him in the movie. All right, so you have to shave your head and you have to gain a few pounds. Give it a <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, You like don't want to roll. You don't want to really mess up your look. Do you do it or do you not do it? Do you transform into Chick? Do you play? Is it an autobiography? Is it, a, is it an autobiography? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible movie that somehow you sold. That it's about the Adult Babies podcast and and you making your way in the podcast world. And now Greg <laughs> reads the script. He doesn't love the script, but he's like, I kind of feel like I have to do it. And then you also have to shave your head and gain some weight for this role. <laughs> so it might take you away from other roles in the future. I say yes, because you can, first of Very all, I'm nice. always up for a challenge. I'm always up for a challenge. Thank you. I, I appreciate I'm this. O- I'm always down. I'm always, I'm always down to transform, especially if it means putting on a few pounds. I mean, yeah. then I get to eat whatever the fuck I want for a couple months of my life, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like a break. Right. I got to take it. Yeah. It shows your range. I like and I think you can take any script and turn it into something good. If yeah. you can find, you know, the heart of it. And my boy Tommy Kiss has heart. Exactly. He's got heart. He's got passion behind the script. Yeah. He's got passion. He's got heart. And I can relate to that. So, yeah. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. I like that. I'll put on some Coke bottle. I'll put on some Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> I look good. I'll look fucking, put on a Knicks jersey. Yeah, exactly. It's not hard to find what I wear. It's not far. It's not, it's not, it's not far from my own reality. Yeah. No. You're good. Awesome. All right, good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you picked him. I'm glad he said yes, too. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, all right. A genie come, comes out, you know, in this make-believe world that we're living in, yep. and he grants you three wishes, but you can only choose them on, on, on a certain uh, – you can only – all right. So 
I'm not reading it the right way. Jesus Christ. It's okay. It's okay. You can use these three wishes on your career or your personal life. Where do you throw your wishes? Which way do you throw your wishes? Does it have to be Ooh. all or the other? Either career or personal life. Oh, that's tough. It's just where do I throw my wishes? Yeah, you can have three wishes for your career. Anything, you know, listen, I wish this. I want that. I want this. Or no career. Oh, you still have a career, but you, you could, all your wishes go to your personal life. Wow. Um, all right, I'm going to get deep. Um, I'm, I would say my personal life because look, this career that we've decided to pursue is there's always the next job. That big job is never going to be as fulfilling as you think it might be. The things in life are what make you an interesting person and the uh, that is ultimately like fulfillment, your friends, your family, your well-being, your health, that is ultimately, you know, uh, your, who you are, like your career isn't who you are. Yes, it might leave a legacy and like things like that. And you might be rich and famous and all that. But like, from what I've read and heard and seen, I don't know that like fame and is all it's cracked up to be. Um, it would be nice to not have your career define you, right? And you define, right. yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And like, you know, I'm in a movie about a priest that turns into a dinosaur and fights crime, right? And like, I didn't get, that, man. it's fucking fun, man. Fucking fun. Can I ask you what you felt when you first read that script? Um, did, you want, so, did you love it right away? So I, I saw the way this happened. I was working at that. Uh, distribution company, the uh, Seed and Spark, the crowdfunding site, and the guys who wrote the Velocipaster, they submitted for financing to this site. And uh, someone like made an announcement at the company. And when I say made an announcement, we were in an office of like five people. And we yeah. all like huddled around the computer and we're like, oh my God, this is a real thing. It's hilarious. Uh, and they had made like a grindhouse trailer. Uh, right? Uh, like in the guy who made it, made it while he was at School of Visual Arts in New York as a film, a freshman film student. Oh. Uh, and then got out of film school and was like, I got to make this movie. We got to find money for it. And when I saw that project come up, I, I looked at the producer and I was like, I know the producer. I shot a short film with him in New York um, while I was still at my day job. And I was like, I was the lead in that short film. And I was like, I I emailed him. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Are you guys casting anything in this? I will, I will audition for anything. And they were like, uh, yeah, we are casting the lead. The guy who did it in the trailer can't do it. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, send me the fucking audition sides. Yeah. And right when I saw the audition sides, I was like, oh, this is funny. This, this like knows, this knows what it is. And like the only way this can really, I think the way this works is if you like, play it dead ass serious with like a level of awareness no, I, you know? and i agree with yeah. you totally on that because that that movie didn't know what it was it didn't try to be something it wasn't and right it came but it was it worked it was i thought it was great right so yeah so um yeah that's how i found out about it and then when i read like the actual script i was like oh this is like a re this is a real movie like this guy knows how to write because the the writer and director brendan steer is like beyond talented uh, and that was the young guy that introduced the the show at the the premiere right um yeah i don't know which night you were at but he was there with me every every i'm pretty sure it was his, i'm pretty sure it was him if i remember correctly i mean it's not, it wasn't the dude with like the flipped cap that was a uh, another dude who was like emceeing okay. yeah oh all right it might have been him i'm thinking of then actually. Yeah, yeah no that's that's not him no all right wow that's great that's great by the way, but to answer your question, to answer your question, Brendan, I would focus on my personal life because, like, at the end of the day, your career is just your career. If you don't have your health, your family, and your friends, like, then what's it all for? I have to say, the way you put that, I had chills. Oh, <laughs> like you have a way. With, not only are you a heartthrob, 
but you have a way with words. You have a real good uh, career coming up your way, I think. After Thanks, that. man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I'm going to owe it all to uh, your podcast, to the baby Yeah, podcast. well, listen, that's the other thing. If you ever win a, a big award, you have to say, well, I guess it all started yeah. with the adult baby. The adult baby podcast, yeah. Exactly. And uh, my, my last question is, for all those who maybe not follow you yet, you got to follow them on Instagram. I, I always enjoy your posts, but... Tell me about that cold shower thing. How how was that? Still going, man. What is it, it wait, not over? Every day, I take a cold shower every day, every oh, morning. Oh, I thought it was like a thirty day challenge. No, no, no. I, I did it for. Uh, I started on um, December twenty seventh, and I've been taking a cold shower every day for at least five minutes, ice cold. Um, Los Angeles, it's like, it's good for like blood flow and good for, you know, your skin. And like, honestly, it's really just like Hollywood. You've moved out of the sale, man. You're I know, Hollywood. dude. I know. I'm so. Wow, look at you. All right. It's, it's Hollywood, man. I love it. <laughs> it's mostly like a dose of discomfort in the morning. It's yeah. like, oh, if I can handle this, I can handle pretty much anything. Does it um, wake you up? It wakes you the fuck up. I mean, I love a good cup of coffee in the morning, but like, it wakes you right up. And, you should spend uh, an hour in a cold shower. See what it does for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really refreshing. Um, it's tougher when you like like I'll go up. So I live in California. I can be in the mountains in two hours. Um, like beautiful, you know, uh, uh, m- mountains covered in snow. Um, it's when I go up there or like go up to you know, yeah. uh, Mammoth Mountain, that's when the water really gets cold in the morning. And that's when it's like a true test to like wake up and actually be be cold, like out of your comforter yeah. and then like get in an ice cold shower. But I've still done it. I've still, I've done it every day for the last, since December 27th. And I plan on keep going. God bless. I saw you doing that and I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I got to post an update to see. I don't know how many days. I was going to post an update at like 100 days, but I think I'm past that by now. There was one day that you put it on. I'm like, I just see the cold. Like, I feel the cold. And I that was, was like, I, I, there was one time I was in the mountains. I was like, I'm no, going to do it because I'm at like 30 days. It was fucking brutal. It was like <laughs> ice, ice cold. Is if you follow like. In the morning? It, it's usually the first shower in the morning. Sometimes if I don't shower in the morning, I'll have to do it at night. But I've been committing to it every day. And uh, it's really just like the first like four or five minutes of my shower. I'll run cold. I'll set a timer. And then I'll flip it to hot and just finish my shower. But um, right. if you follow like uh, Wim Hof, uh, like the Wim Hof method, the dude, dude that Wim is like, Hoff, his yeah. whole uh, philosophy is nuts to me, man. Just like breath work and like being uh, in the cold and like ice plunges and stuff like that. Like I love stuff like that. Dude, I listened to him on. He was on. Uh, uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast like three years yeah. ago or something crazy like that. And yeah. I started doing his breathing exercises and I still try to do them like every morning where it's like you breathe in for a few seconds, hold it and then breathe out. Hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Do like the yeah. box breathing. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing the cold showers things, but that's awesome. That you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sometimes on a hot summer day, I'll get into a cold pool too fast and I feel like I'm going to go into cardiac arrest. Oh so yeah. I give you and you could, you could. So be careful. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. Could no, you really? I, I gotta try that. I don't trust my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe me and to take a back seat. Well, Greg, thank you for finally coming on. Oh, I thank you guys so much for having me. Um, yeah, man. thanks for coming on. That was you, awesome. is there anything man. you, you so want to promote or plug? Is there anything coming up? Is there a, is there a Velocipaster two coming out? Um, the Velocipaster two is written. We're currently seeking oh, financing. It yeah, <laughs> it's written. Yeah, sequel's gonna be coming. Uh, we're really gunning for a trilogy uh, because it all kind of comes together. Um, So we're seeking financing for that right now. Uh, Just working on pitch decks for that. And then uh, the only thing I want to plug is just go watch the Velocipaster. Uh, You can buy it uh, on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, You can uh, and watch it on Amazon Prime Video or on Tubi. Uh, It's very easy to find. Or you can go to our website, thevelocipaster.com. We've got t-shirts and stuff for sale. Uh, go check us out and just support us because that's the only way people have seen this movie. We don't have like marketing budget. Uh, we're with a small distribution company that's done a great job of getting it out. But the only reason people have heard about it is from you know us and you guys talking about, it, talking about it on podcasts, like 
showing it to your friends and just like sharing it with people that you are like, you'll laugh. Like you're, you're, you're well, like, I forced my parents to watch it. You know, they love you anyway. So, I mean, it wasn't good. that hard. I'm sure it was uh, right up your mom and dad's alley. Yeah, you know what? I, they loved it. They, you know, <laughs> they didn't understand it per se. But, you know, again, I love it. You know, they love you. But again, they don't it. understand you per se. So They don't understand me either. You know, at least he's doing there something. There you go. You either get it or you don't. Yeah. And my other role, you were in Law and Order, too. You played a cop, right? That scene? I uh, love that. I was on... Um, the Law and Order? I was, Blue, or? I was on Blue Bloods. I was on Blue, Blue Bloods. Blood. Okay, Blue Blood. I, someday I'll be on Law and Order. I'll cut my I'll cut my acting teeth on Law and Order someday. Was one of the, like a, was one of the Wahlbergs on Blue Bloods? Yeah, yeah, Donnie yeah, is. Donnie yeah, is. Donnie. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right, um, man. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Be safe out there in LA. Uh, Thanks, Washington. guys. You too. Thank you for coming yep. on. Everybody watch the Velocipaster. Uh, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Please. Thanks, fellas. Thank Greg, you. always a pleasure, buddy. I'll talk All to right. you soon. Yeah, Greg, that was awesome. Thanks so much, man. Oh, of course, man. Anytime, guys. Yeah.